0: As-salamu alaykum wa rahmatullahi wa barakatuh Ya To the long time listener and first time visitor We welcome you to this episode Now without further ado, let's get into it Alhamdulillah <laughs> Alhamdan kathiran, doyiban, mubarakan fi Kama yuhibu rabbuna wa yardha Ashadu in la ilaha illa allahu wahdahu la sharika la وأشهد أن محمدًا عبده ورسوله الناصح الأمين اللهم صل على نبينا محمد وعن آله وصحبه أجمعين ومن تمسك بسنته يوم الدين ثم أما بعد بني الله تعالى before getting started it is very important that as parents we mind our children because we don't want to be a disturbance upon other people where it makes them difficult to have khushur and the salah and it makes it difficult for them to be attentive inside of the class. Especially for the sisters because their education is tremendously important because they are those who educate our children. So it's important for them that they have every access to listen to the classes and to benefit and from those things which will make that difficult will be for uncontrolled children now children they are going to play and that's good but we have to teach them that there is a time and that there is a place to play we have to teach them that there is a time that there is a place and that doesn't start that education does not start once we get to the masjid but you have to train them in the home before coming to the masjid on how to behave when there is a class and the ayat of Allah being recited and the ahadith of the Prophet are being recited unto the people to have a great respect for the text and to sit attentively as much as a child can so don't be too hard on them don't cause them to cry in any type of distress but try to educate them and to teach them and to remind them that this is not the time that we play. When the class is over, when the salah has concluded, then you can play, it's no problem. But not doing the prayer and not doing the lessons, ta'ala. <laughs> and it wasn't my intent to offend anyone, so I don't hope anyone didn't take any offense to what was said, but it had to be said because it had to be said. In any event, as mentioned, InshaAllah Ta'ala, we're not gonna spend a, a lot of time in what we want to go over, inshaAllah ta'ala. So I need everyone to really pay attention, Ta'ala. It's gonna be like a rapid fire round as they say. And I want you to keep in mind the narration of the Prophet Sallallahu Alaihi Wasallam. So for those taking notes, then I want you to write this one down. There comes a hadith that, and it comes inside of Muslim, and it's on the authority of, of Abu Huraira, رَضِيَ اللَّهُ تَعَالَى and this hadith is a hadith that is qudsi. Hadith that is qudsi, where Allah Subhanahu wa Taala He makes it very clear that fasting is different. Man. كل عمل من آدم Every action of the son of Adam is for him Except for fasting Verily the fasting is for me And I will reward him for it And then this is the part that I want you To pay very close attention to Because we're going to keep coming back to it And that is Allah Ta'ala He says Min ajli, that he leaves off and he abandons his cardinal desires and his food for my sake Na'am? because what we want to talk about are those things that will nullify the fast those things that will nullify the fast so you find that this particular narration will be a proof and evidence for more than one of them Na'am? because a person will abandon their cardinal desires meaning what Intercourse, right? And things that produce similar or the same outcome, and as well as their food. And in that, of course, their drink for the sake of Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala during the daytime in the month of Ramadan. So the first thing that will nullify the fast will be eating and drinking. Na'am. Fil akl wa shurb Eating and drinking intentionally. That's very important. And I want to remind you of this. Eating and drinking intentionally. Now, and what's a proof and evidence that we have to leave off eating and drinking intentionally in the month of Ramadan? Is what? Huh? The hadith is Qudsi. Right. There's no way we should have blank stairs. I just literally gave you the answer. The hadith al Qudsi. It was narrated on the authority of who? Abu Hurairah. Huraira. And what did Allah Ta'ala say in that hadith? What translated means is what? That a person they leave off and abandon their, their carnal desires. And what's the. You can't answer no more. You're done are like three, four. You got to open it up. <laughs> <laughs> what's the. It is, it is, but you got it, you got it, you know what I mean? you're saving everybody else. they like, no, nah, no, nah, he answering this, so I gotta say nothing. No, 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 I want, I want to hear some more voices. So what's the other one? And they leave off their, they leave off their food. And included in that is what? Well. Of course, their drink for who? For Allah, for the sake of Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala. Of course, okay, so now we understand from that the eating and drinking is what? It will nullify the fast. If a person ate and drink intentionally, then it will nullify their fast. Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala, he says in his noble book, Kulu wa shrabu. eat and drink. So eat and drink until the, um, the white thread becomes distinct from the black thread of fajr. Meaning what? The they explain what is meant by the white thread becoming distinct from the black thread. Meaning, وَقْتُ الْفَجَرُ That the time of fajr has come. So you eat and drink until fajr time. So that means you can eat. And drink until Fajr. So eating and drinking after Fajr, you can't do it, right? Right? No, no. no not, not doing Ramadan. Why? It's the because that's the cutoff, but why? What would happen if you ate and you drank? It would nullify your fast. So also, number two, what enters into that are... Those things that take the ruling of eating and drinking. So this is a separate category now. The ulama they number this as, as separate. So those things that take the ruling, والشرب, that which is in the ruling of eating and drinking, then this what? It will break the they will break the fast. So what's that? What are those things that are not food but like food? Those things that are food-like. Na'am. Anyone has an example? Huh? No. Nah, that's There are those things, for example, like if a person were to take any supplement that will provide for them nourishment to an extent where they did not have to eat. So for an example, anyone who takes an IV, that is on an IV bag, you know, when people get sick and they're hospitalized, and they are not able to eat, then they get their nutrients, yeah, intravenously. So any type of intravenous type of fluid, like an IV, uh, short small. Huh? What's the name? I literally I just said it. And I totally forgot it. Huh? Injection. The injection or the no, the bag. What's the bag called? that hang hanging there. IV. Huh? The IV. Thank you. Nah, the IV. So anyone who takes the IV, no, I just my mind went blank. I totally forgot about it. Uh, the name for it. So the IV, if anyone's taking an IV, it's going to break your fast. Why? Because it's, uh, as early man. they say, yes. because you could, you, you, you can leave all food and still get your nutrients from it. So it's tantamount of eating. So this is what is meant by that which is tantamount of eating, that this will break the fast. What's the proof of evidence? Hmm? I heard somebody say under their breath. No, we have courage. Say it. He was right. The same hadith. Why? Because it takes the ruling of eating and drinking. So therefore, those hadith that apply for eating and drinking and and the ayah that applies for eating and drinking, then also it applies to that which is tantamount to eating and drinking. It will break the fast. Naam? Um, and inshallah, there are some things that there's some difference of opinion on that enter into this that do not break your fast. So like eye drops or eardrops and things of this nature, they do not break your fast. The next thing is what? Al qay, al to vomit, intentionally, to intentionally vomit, it will break your fast, ma'am? And this one, and inshallah ta'ana, another one that if we have time, we'll mention it briefly you and likewise you know what even the next one we're gonna say after this one but why because when you vomit right and you expel your stomach of its content then you will need in order to be healthy right don't outside Ramadan what do you do you replace it because it weakens you so you'll find that there's a common theme amongst those things that we have to stay away from um, while we're fasting and those things that will break our fast anything that will weaken a person such rendering the fast as being harmful for them, then we have to avoid it, it will break the fast. So if a person vomits and then they continue to fast, I mean, intentionally vomiting, continue to fast, that may be very, very difficult for them. So intentional vomiting, then this will break the fast, right? What if a person vomits uh, unintentionally? Is the fast broken? You think so? You say no. You say no. Depends. Depends. If they, if no, no, I'm just saying they, they, it was unintentional. He vomited. No. Okay. I'm going gonna, gonna to let it hang there for a second. Alright, that's it. Time's up. There comes a hadith from the Prophet that has been collected um, in a Tirmidhi. And al-Albani. Al-Albani, he graded it as authentic. But the Prophet said, Man said who ate That that whoever They vomit unintentionally He doesn't have to make up the day He doesn't have to make up the day But whoever intentionally vomits, they cause themselves to vomit They have to make up the day The fast is broke, they have to make up the day We know the fast is broke, why? Because he has to make up the day. So he broke the fast. Now, but but again, if they unintentionally vomit, it's okay. Their fast is is sound. Their fast is sound. Now, if it is a situation that they unintentionally vomit because they are sick, right, then they're allowed to what? Break the fast and they have an excuse? Because they're sick. That makes sense? Okay. But unintentional vomit does not break the fast. But intentional vomit breaks the fast. The next one is al- al-hayb and nifas. Menstruation and postpartum bleeding. These are nullifiers of the fast. So if this, if the sister is fasting and then she gets her menses, her fast becomes broken. Her fast becomes broken. Na'am? And then she has to make up that day. A proof of this is a statement of the Prophet وسلم, as it comes in Sahih al Bukhari. where the Prophet, وسلم, he said, He said, Is it not such as is it, it is the case that when a woman has her, 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 her menses, that she does not pray and she does not fast? So we understand from that why? Because you cannot pray or fast when you have your menses for the women. So if they get their menses, then they have to. Um stop. So once the missus comes or the postpartum bleeding, it it it, it 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 comes, the woman has to stop immediately from fasting, even if it was a few moments before Maghrib. And it says by consensus of the ulama. This is by consensus of the ulama that con- the she must stop. The next one is Al Istimnau. This is masturbation that a person will take to its full climax. So, if a person manually, outside of intercourse, now, outside of intercourse, which is well known, outside of intercourse, but if they will by another means cause um, the fluid to be released due to a climax, then that would break the fast. And this is if it is what? Intentionally. Intentionally. So whether the person does it to themselves or whether their spouse performs it for them, it will break their fast and they have to make up that day. Now, they have to make up that day. And this is regardless on how they, they reach that point. So they have to make up that day. What's the proof of evidence they have to make up that day? I'll give you a hint. I gave you the answer already now is in a hadith. Excellent. Which one? Which hadith? The Qudsi. The one, Hadith al-Qudsi, naam. Hassan. Which part of the hadith is the point of evidence? We he leaves off his desires, naam. He leaves off his carnal desires for the sake of Allah So that, so enters into that intercourse, naam. But our beloved brother, al-Jamaiki, he covered that one. So, so we're going to skip that one, okay. But this enters into the leaving off of desires. now. طيب And the last one to mention is اِخْرَاج الدَّم بِالْحِجَامَةِ now Is the expelling of blood or taking out the blood due to cupping. Due to cupping. Now this one, there's a, there's a difference of opinion amongst the ulama. The Jamhur, the majority of the scholars say it does not break your fast. Imam Ahmed, his opinion was against the Jamhul, was against the majority. He said, no, it breaks your fast. It breaks your fast. And this is because we have narrations where cupping was done while fasting. But Sheikh he explains and brings how we understand between the two things. So, um, the proof... And when Imam Ahmed and those who take this opinion, which is the strongest of opinion, that it breaks the fast, is افطره. The Prophet said, ال, ال, uh, That they have broken the fast, the cupper and the one who was cupped. They both broke their fast. And this hadith is صحيح. uh, and, and is uh, collected by Abu Dawood. Yeah. So it's a hadith that's authentic. What the Prophet he said, the one who gets cupped and the cuppa, they broke their fast. Now, and this is the strongest of the opinions. Imam Bimbas he mentions, he says, He said that those scholars who study in great detail these type of matters, they have mentioned that the that the allowance for the one who was fasting to get cupped has been abrogated because the aforementioned hadith came after the instance where um, the Prophet ﷺ got cupped while he was fasting. Now, that ruling became abrogated and you have others from the Sahaba who they used to get cupped when they were fasting and then they stopped getting cupped while fasting and they will wait until the night time to get cupped now, because this was what was understood is that it's no longer permissible to get cupped while fasting. That makes sense? From that, and likewise, if you go back to the woman or her menses, what we will understand from the, the wisdom, some of the wisdoms is that, is that what? Is that the, ex, the, the expelling of this type of blood, it will, it will weaken a person. It will make it very difficult for them. Now, in the case of the woman... She may have severe cramps where they have to take pain medicine. So that will be very difficult for them to fast in that state where they're one being weakened and then they, they have pain. They're, 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 they have pain, right? In the, in the case of one who's being cupped, it will weaken him, which it will make the fast perhaps very difficult for them. So any type of thing that will add any type of difficulty, then you find that these things have to be avoided while fasting. Uh, from the aforementioned things. Like getting cupped. Uh, f- forcing yourself to vomit. So on and so forth. That makes sense? So now Shaykh Uthaymeen Ta'ala. He brings a very good point. Because a person will say. Okay I'm getting cupped. No, no problem. I understand what cupping is. Now what about. The Shaykh he mentions. What about the person. Yatabarra' What about the person. Who donates blood. Can you donate blood? Supposedly. Hmm? Naam, Ahsan, falls into the same category. Shaykh Raslan, uh, alhamdulillah ta'ala, he mentions, he says, before we mention what Shaykh Uthaymin mentioned, but he mentions, he says, it's not permissible because He said, it will uh, affect the body similar to how hijama affects the body. Naam, it will affect the body in a similar manner. And Shaykh Uthaymin, he mentions in Majal al-Shahr ramadan that uh, He said it's not permissible for the one who is fasting To give blood It's not permissible for him to give blood But If there's a situation where There is an emergency And you know that you have the type of blood That is needed And they can't get it from other places Maybe it's a rare type of blood They ran out but you have it. Can you give blood? Yes, you can get blood, there's no sin upon you, but you have to make up that day later. Now, but you can give, but you can give uh, uh, blood. So, and they mean he mentions this as well, that if there's an emergency, then, then you can give blood, but you would, they would have broken the fast, no sin upon them because of due to the emergency, they would just make that day up after Ramadan. Now, that makes sense? And when you make up days, that has to be when? After Ramadan, person can't come and say, "Oh no, actions are by intention." So I'm gonna intend to uh, fast two days in one day, two for one. I'm intend I'm a fast for this day and for the day I, I missed last week because I was sick. So I'ma, but I'm gonna do both today. Can you do that? No, have to make it up after Ramadan. Now, now, Oh yeah, no matter of fact, hold hold that real fast because. I said rapid fire, that's it. we <laughs> Qadr.